Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of We Got Next with Ricky Hampton and former NBA players, Derek Gervin and Paul Mokeski. I think we just lost Derek. I'm sure he'll be right back. You know how it is with live, live streams. <laughs> Anything can happen. I think we got to do that. Uh, hope everybody out there is doing well. Uh, Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope everybody's teams did well uh, over the weekend. If you still had a team in it. And uh, let me see if we can get Derek back in here. Hmm. All right. We've got Derek Durbin with that uh, UTSA jersey. He must, have took, he must have took it down from the rafters and uh, brought it in to his children. Well, well I, um, I've been asking people to tell my story. So I've been on the phone since uh, two, 2 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> all, all day today. I haven't been asleep. So I figured let me put my jersey up there, maybe to bring me some good luck. Because I've uh, been talking to people all day. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's a good-looking jersey, man. You thank cheap. you, that's thank you. And, and and that's part of what you got when they retired your uniform, right? Yes, I'm I'm the reason Steph Curry. Remember, I wore number uh, thirty because of Bernard King. Steph Curry wore it because of me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, whatever, whatever works, man, for sure. Man, I, I laughed a hundred times. I don't have his range, so I, I, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm kidding. Hey, hey Derek, <laughs> you never thought about when uh, George's number, 44? Never in my life. No, no, no. I'm too much of an individual. Too much of an individual. In high school, I wore 22. Okay. I felt I was half the player that he was in high school. <laughs> so, seriously, okay. that's why I wore number 22. Okay. That makes sense. Somebody makes wore 44. Sense. Someone else wore 44. Big Mo. That's right. Big Mo wore 44. <laughs> I wore that because of Jerry West growing up. Laker fan. That's right. Jerry West. Hey, guys. We, we finally know the final two in the National Football League after uh, Sunday's conference championships. Uh, uh Philly took care of business against San Francisco. I mean, that game was really over early when uh, Brock Purdy went down with his uh, elbow injury. And uh, Philly kind of cruised to a 31-7 victory. And uh, the, the, the exciting game was that evening when uh, Kansas City edged Cincinnati to uh, advance to the uh, – to the Super Bowl, uh, it's not Bur, Bur. What was it called? What were they calling Bur Burrow Arrow? 
But not anymore, they don't. Not anymore, they don't. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, that, that was a good game. And uh, kudos for me to uh, Mahomes for toughing it out through that ankle injury and, and making enough plays to lead them to a 23-20 uh, victory. He threw for 326 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and I, I really thought the difference in the game was the uh, turnovers. Uh, Burrow had uh, two interceptions. And, uh, of course, Mahomes lost the fumble that, that almost lost the game for them. Uh, you guys' thoughts on the final game yesterday, Kansas City and, and uh, Cincinnati, and then we'll go back and look at the first game. Uh, start wow. with you, Lord for me, um, this game, I hope people realize how game how important this game was for Patrick Mahomes' legacy. Uh, if he would have lost this game, that means he would have lost four times in a row to the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, sometimes that's hard to get over. A lot of people would have started uh, raising the stature of Joe Burrow. So I was glad. I thought it was a great game. Uh, I thought it was a really good game. Of course, Mike Mahomes has something to play for. But both on, on both sides of the ball, I thought um, they played good enough to win. I'll say that. Neither team played great. But, you know, the object in this game is to win in advance. And I thought they uh, played really well in the second half, Kansas City. But here's the thing I want to bring up, Ricky. The two plays to me that were the, the difference at the end, that um, when, when Burrow made the, uh, the grounding play, oh, my God, the grounding, that was crucial. That was crucial. If anything, man, get out of the pocket quickly if you can. Throw the ball away. You could not afford a penalty at that situation. And, of course, when Mahomes went out of bounds and the guy, for whatever boneheaded reason, gets that personal foul at the end of the game. Um, it's, it's simple things like that. Some teams or some players self-destruct under pressure. And that's what I saw on, on those two plays. But certainly that last play, I think, was the difference in the game. You cannot ever get a personal foul at the end of a game when you're on your way towards overtime. Yeah, I mean, little things in, in all sports, and, and especially as you uh, go up into the playoffs and championships and all that, <clears throat> little things have such big impacts on the game. And <clears throat> no doubt that that grounding, maybe Burroughs' um, uh, inexperience to say, you know, instead of just, you know, getting out of pocket, like you said, D, and just throw it into the stands or whatever. And then that last play, you know, it, I, you know, I, it's, it's silly. And, and I, you know, you kind of blame the player, but he's going full speed trying to get him. You know, he, his, his reaction was I try to get him to uh, go backwards so the clock still runs. That, that's a new rule that I just learned this year that, you know, if you're running out of bounds and you go backwards, and you go out of bounds, the clock doesn't stop anymore. Only if you continue to go forward. But actually, he pushed him in the back. So he wasn't really, you know. But, uh, you know, I felt for him. Um, and actually, that kick, that, that, that kicker, I mean, he nailed that kick. And I don't know if it would have made it 15 yards back or not. Definitely would have had an impact. But uh, I, I thought uh, two things really affected that game. Injuries, number one. Uh, Bengals offensive line has been beat up and they were beat up. The Chiefs knew it and attacked five, six, uh, five sacks, five or six knockdowns. Uh, you know, they were, uh, they were coming after Burroughs and 
he was he was in the retreat mode most of the game, trying to run for his life, which ended up him being 16 for 41 for you know 270 yards and one TD and two interceptions. Um, and then Mahomes playing on a high ankle sprain, very difficult. Uh, people don't know that out there. If you got a shoulder, a knee, uh, even a foot, you can inject that. And, uh, you know, you, you can numb it up for the game and you kind of fight through it. But a high ankle sprain, you can't do that with that. So he was in pain the whole time and ended up with 29 for 43 for 326 yards, two TDs and no interceptions on a bum ankle. Um, I told somebody today, I thought he started that game at about 80, 85% on that ankle and ended up about 50 or 40%. And that last yeah. play where he just said, I'm running. I don't care if it hurts. I don't care what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to sprint out of bounds. And he did what he had to do to get, give his team a chance to win. And, yeah. you know, yeah. and, uh, but also the second half, uh, through all three of the Chiefs' top receivers were injured. They were in and out, trying to get back and in and out of the game. And that affected uh, the Chiefs' offense where they could double and triple uh, Team Kelsey. So that really affected um, uh, the Chiefs' offense. So um, I thought, you know, for the most part, uh, the Bengals' defense and the Chiefs' defense held pretty well against two really potent offenses. But uh, obviously I'm a really happy guy because the Kansas City Chiefs won and – my uh, KU Jayhawks beat Kentucky in Kentucky also this weekend. So uh, happy man, happy man. Rick, let me say this quickly. I did have one problem that I didn't. I didn't bring it up though because I don't want to be talking about corruption. We'll get to that later when we get to the NBA. <laughs> we got the Tuck rule from uh, Brady. Now we got the shutdown. <laughs> you guys see the shutdown play? With rep, when the Eagles, I mean, when uh, they still should have had Cincinnati, yeah. still should have had the ball. Yeah, but but I, I saw. Go ahead. But I I saw a clip of the ref running in to to set the play down when they got the third nine over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I saw that. I think they got it right though because I saw the guy coming in, and uh, when they did it, they I saw a wide shot of it, and the guy was coming in. To shut the play down. They shut it down. And they sacked him anyway uh, after that. I mean, yes. the thing was, I mean, the the tackle out of bounds, I mean, that's a 60-yard attempt. I mean, do they even try that? I, they probably would with just three yeah. seconds left. Yeah, there's only three uh, seconds left. Yeah, yeah I don't they, know. They, they probably like, would have. Yeah. But you know what other thing, guys? We always hear one of the old adages, oh, you got to run the football. You got to run the football. <laughs> Kansas City ran for 26 yards. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Kansas City had 42 yards <laughs> rushing. And the guy, uh, Pacheco, led them with 26 yards. The Bengals only had 71. They had 71. And, you know, their leading rusher was the quarterback, Burrow, 30 yards. So you can really see how the game has changed. Uh, I mean, you got to like, to throw the football nowadays. Yeah, that, that shutdown rule, whatever that was, I saw that too. The ref was running in it. But like any sport, like in basketball, like a late call on something. And Derek, when we played, they used to do that all the time, where a ref would, blow it, would wait to blow his whistle to see if we made it or not, whether that's wrong or right. But anytime there's a late whistle – it brings in controversy, you know, because, you know, it's a late whistle. But anyway, they, 
I think they had a pun on that series anyway, I think. Yeah, and let me let me also I forgot to welcome our visitors and viewers. And tonight you're watching uh We Got Next with uh Jared Gurley and Paul Mokeski. I'm Ricky Hampton. You can check us out on the Believe.com Sports Network. That's Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V uh dot com. Uh with discussing yesterday's uh AFC and uh NFC uh title games. Uh Great effort from Cincinnati uh, and and Kansas City yesterday. I mean, those are two teams that'll be back next year because they're still fairly young teams. Uh, yeah. weren't, they, weren't they there before too? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean the ones that the team I feel sorry for are the 49ers. I mean, hell, they yeah. They were looking in the parking lot for a quarterback at the end. I mean, you know, and and you know, Purdy, they're working on you know the the, the most irrelevant draft and all that stuff. But he's been playing great. I think he was seven and zero or whatever. And he gets hurt. Like he was four for four when he hurt his arm. And you know, after that, uh, Josh Johnson, who you know he was seven for thirteen for seven. You know, he did okay, but but really, he looked like a deer in the headlights. You know, rightfully so. I mean, holy cow. And, you know, so they pretty much had to run the ball so much. And, you know, the Eagles just kind of ran over them, you know, because of that. So, and the 49ers had a great year. I mean, shoot. Go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. I I was just going to say, Jared, they made it to the title game. They had four quarterbacks play significant moments of the season. Yeah, it was it was sad. I'm I'm, I'm going to send my uh, well wishes to Brock Purdy because he's going to be out uh, six months at least uh, with a UCL injury. So I'm just wishing him to uh, get back, uh, get better, and come back next year and come at it again. Uh, when he comes back next year, it's going to be really interesting, though. Yeah, who's who's going to be the starting quarterback going into uh, camp and preseason? So that's going to be an interesting story. And what do they yeah. do with Jimmy Garoppolo? So um, look, I, I need to check the Ruffalo's contract. You guys go ahead. Lance so, might be leaving. Who's that? I said Lance, the other quarterback, the young guy, Lance might be leaving, man. He might be going with the I think the offensive coordinator, whoever it will. He might be making a move. So they got some things they're gonna have to uh, discuss over the spring, and uh we'll see what happens. Garoppolo you know really is, is a free agent. Yeah, he, yeah. But, like, let's go back to Purdy. I mean, Purdy's a guy that, you know, no one knew about, Mr. Irrelevant, did a great job, was ready to play when he was supposed to play and perform when he was supposed to perform. I don't know what his contract is now, but, uh, you know, no matter what happened in that game, if he would have got through there healthy, you know, his his contract level for the, you know, his next contract's going to be huge, you know? And now with an injury – we, that's up in the air again, and I feel bad for him for that because he did everything right, everything right, and then a fluke injury. Uh, well, not a fluke injury. I mean, you know, quarterbacks get hit like that all the time, but an injury in the last game of the season is going to affect his contract probably down the road. But you know, we'll see. But I, I know what you mean by that, uh, though, Mo, because you look at the hit. I mean, he got hit by NFL players. But, but we've seen quarterbacks take bigger hits and, and get up and go into the next play. It was just one of those things. Well, we think, we've seen on that specific play, quarterbacks, 
you know, follow through and hit their, their, their hand on someone's helmet and break their thumb or break their hand all the time. Um, but, you know, that was on the elbow, which is obviously worse. Yeah. Any, any other thoughts about that game? The, when you guys saw that happen, then you just, well, this is. It was over early. It. So yeah. That's why I don't have a whole lot to say. It was, a, it wasn't, it was, a, it was over in the first quarter. So. McCafferty was looking for a different helmet so he could play quarterback. <laughs> I do so. want to see Jalen Hurts get a title though, Ricky. <laughs> Well, man, yeah. After he wins it, I want him to send a thank you note to Nick Saban. After <laughs> <laughs> well, Mahomes and the Chiefs win and he gets MVP, we'll be good. Let's take, <laughs> early look. Let's take an early look at that game. What, what do you think? Uh, it's a good matchup, man. I mean, two I good quarterbacks, <laughs> two solid defenses. Obviously, Philly's running game is better. Um, it's going to spend, you know, do, do – the, the, the positive for the Chiefs is, and I don't know what the Eagles injury thing is, there's two weeks for Mahomes to get uh, his ankle two weeks better. So if I say he went in at 75% and ended the game at 50 this game, I think he'd get it to 90% and end the game at 70 uh, uh, in two weeks. And also those receivers need to get healthy. But, you know, I, I see – I see what Derek said, man. I see a good game where something, li something little is going to affect this game and the outcome of this team. I'm going with the best team all season. Jalen Hurts has only lost one. The interesting thing, the best part is these are, to me, these are the two leading MVP candidates for the regular season. And then they lead their team to the championship. So, to me, things went the way they were supposed to go. So, we'll see. It should be a great game. Yeah. Uh, it's not a blowout because I hate those. Yeah. Yeah, hey, 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 Ricky, I yeah. know we, don't, uh, we we got a long time to go, but I, I'm so itchy. Uh, I, I, we got to get on this L.A. Lakers situation, man. I, <laughs> the foul that was not a foul? That's uh, part of it, yeah. Just what's going on overall with these missed calls. Well, I won't even call it a missed call. Uh, just the fact that the guy wouldn't uh, wouldn't call it, uh, Mr. Lewis wouldn't make the call, and that bothers me uh, because uh, we all saw the play, and a lot of people were talking about LeBron travel, this and that. To me, that's neither here nor there. The play that we, I'm discussing is the foul, the obvious foul. Now, the problem I have with it, and I told you earlier, is the, the referee, uh, his family are they Celtic fans, and he's refs 28 Celtic games. The Celtics are 26 and two when he referees. And that's a big problem for me. I'm trying to figure out why is he being allowed? And a lot of the current players are also trying to figure out Kevin Durant, many others. Why is he being allowed to ref these games? And then on the last play, everyone in the country could see it's a foul. So some people say he missed the call. Now, I'm not saying he missed it because he's looking right at it. He just chose not to call it. And so I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with the NBA and how they're going to start fixing these refs, um, blowing some of these games, costing teams possibility of going to the playoffs. And it's, it's not right. It's just it's wrong. Now, it, it, uh, this is a really interesting uh, conversation. Is this something that you feel has been ongoing? Or this is something you, you're seeing this year? Or? It, it, well, 
it's been ongoing, but this year it's been a little more prevalent. This year you see it a lot of games. The Lakers just alone, they've been four games this year have been very questionable that they've had decisions that have hurt them. And it bothers me because if they win just three of those games, they go from a 13 seed to a fourth or fifth seed. And I'm no Laker fan, but I just wanted the game to be called right. I don't like the fact that they get a star certain calls. To me, that's backwards. In my mind, if you're a superstar, why do you need the calls, the extra calls? So I just want to see them call the games correctly. But um, I brought it up just for a second last week. I don't want people to start talking about corruption, the scandal. And that's where we're headed. Uh, they have an NBA page, a referee stat page, they call it. The NBA took it down. And so that raises questions as well. So, yes, I want to – someone has to speak up. So I want to really know what's going on. Who uh, – that stat uh, – referee stat page – who put that up? The league or somebody else? The league. Oh wow! Yeah, the league I mean, took it down. Yeah, that's not. That's the worst thing they could do. Number one. Uh, number two. Uh, superstars have been getting fouls in the NBA since the beginning of dawn of time. Um, but I agree with Derek. It should be cleaned up. Um, I think it's actually gotten worse. I think that superstars get more calls because the calls are more. Uh, soft, you know. I mean, you know, super. And I always thought the exact same way. Why do you give Michael Jordan calls when he doesn't need any? I need the calls, not him. <laughs> He's a great player. I need those calls. Uh, but um, and I know when when I was with the Dallas Mavericks 10, 12 years ago, that's one of the things Mark Cuban did right off the bat. He had an independent study, spent a hundred thousand over a hundred thousand dollars on it, and went back to every game. Uh, of every team in the league the, the year before, who was refing and what the records were for all the different teams of all the different combinations of all the different refs. <clears throat> and, you know, he, he had, we had four or five refs that, you know, we were uh, one and eight with, two and nine with, two and 13 with, you know, and his, his, his thinking to the league was, you know, this can't be right because things got to even out sometime. But so there, there's a there's a problem there that needs to be addressed. Um, I don't I think they should do away with uh, their post game report. That's BS to me. We missed the call. Yeah, duh. We all saw it. You know, so, you know, and it's too you know, it's too late to give uh, give LeBron a couple of free throws to maybe win the game. And it's too late that if four or five more of these calls happen, and Lakers don't get in the playoffs or in the play-in, Darwin Ham will be fired. That's what's going to happen. And he's going to lose his job because the ref didn't make a call. But, um, you know, and that's all part of the game and frustrating. Um, at, the, at the same time, uh, I don't believe that the league is fixed. I don't believe that the front office or Adam Silver is, you know, telling the referees to do this or do that. I think the Tim Donahue situation, he went to prison. Uh, referees are making good money now, um, but I, I know for a fact that uh, referees, players, coaches are all human beings, and uh, and some hold grudges against other people. We all knew that uh, Scott Hugh, Foster and Chris Paul, for one. Yeah, we we all knew that. We all knew that um, uh, Joey Crawford, Joey Crawford, against, Tim Duncan. And Duncan, we all knew uh, Hugh Evans against Pippen's post. So we all knew that. Um, uh, 
And that's going to, like, I'm going to tell you, uh, if, if I'm refing and Derek is driving against you, Ricky, and I like, and I have something against you, or I might like Derek better, and it's a 50-50 call, Derek's getting a call. That's human nature. He's going to get it. I just wish I, guys, they are human. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with Derek. I mean, and and you know our our guy Rick Barry that's been on the show and doesn't doesn't hold anything back. He he did he he was on a podcast the other day. Just call if it's travel, call travel. If it's a foul, call. A, he just like, but it, we've had this. You know the the review and the video and and now we got twenty cameras. We got an overhead camera, a down below camera, a floating camera that a punt and a football game hit last time. They call it, but you know. So I don't know what else. What it's really frustrating because when something that blatant, you know, you know, when I was coaching, I'm like, you mean there's three reps out there and not one of you saw that? Really? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! What about instant replays on fouls? Maybe one, you get one or two a game. Well, on I mean, non, non call because you can't use it on a non if nobody calls it. Exactly, and you know, but then, then for for fifteen years now, the NBA has been trying to shorten the game. It takes too long, two and a half hours, too many fouls, too many free throws, too many timeouts. So they've been shortening it for so long. If you bring replay in more aggressively than you have, because other calls in under two minutes are, are reviewable, yeah, like and you can you have the challenge. The one thing about the challenge, though, if I throw a challenge and I win, I should get my timeout back. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> or I should get my challenge back. I should get my I should be able to challenge again if I got it right. And that's one thing. The Lakers challenge what well, doesn't you couldn't challenge that call, but if you could have, Lakers are already challenged before, so you even have one. That's not right either. So there's got to be something that. You know, because I'm with you, Derek. I mean, people out there, fans that pay good money to watch in person, but also on TV, you got to pay for some, a lot of these games. They start getting question marks in their head. That's a problem. Hey, hey, hey did you did you have refs that you had to be on the lookout for when you played? No, I didn't have. Uh, well, yes, one. He's still in the <laughs> NBA today. Just one. Tony Brothers. Oh boy, <laughs> you talk about when a guy take a guy to the woodshed. Yeah, that would be my only guy in my history, my career. Tony Brothers, a hard guy to get to deal with, man. Um, he has a habit. He had an incident this year, matter of fact. Yeah, he has a habit of uh, talking down to guys, man. And I think some of those, I don't care about your black and white shirt, because at the end of the day, we both human beings and we both men. So yeah, that would be my only guy. Um, so that for me, that's it, Tony Brothers. So you know uh, the Tim Hunt, uh, Donahue situation. You know we've all seen the specials and the book and everything about uh, the gambling part of it. But here's what's gone overlooked: that is just what we're talking about. He talked about uh, uh, Allen Iverson uh, confronting a referee mid-season uh, in the media about something. And then a week later, being in a referee room with two other referees, getting ready to uh, ref a game with Allen Iverson and talking about one of the referees is saying, we're going to get him tonight. Every carry call we're going to call. Every traveling we're going to call. Every tic-tac foul we're going to call. We're going we're to teach him a lesson. That's what we're talking about. 
And wow. if you watch footage of that game, you go back and watch footage of that game. You know, you know the, the carry wasn't as prevalent as it, but his was, that crossover. Threat travel, threat carry. Threat. And he was looking around like, I've been doing this for 50 games already. What happened? <laughs> so, so, how, so the fix is just make the call to the best of your ability. Please. And, and I, I, I think, and I have for a long time, if calls are made and you miss a call like that, especially an important one, referees should be fined. Like, if, if you get a technical as a player or coach, you're fine, right? And, and it's in the paper the next day. You are fine for being out of control or, or whatever. The referees, I guarantee that that would turn things right around, at least perception-wise. Hey, so-and-so missed that call. It was his call. He was the underground, and he was fined uh, 3000 Not like an NBA. You can't find $50,000. Uh, on the other side, Ricky, it, uh, I've been questioning why they don't find him. And I have to say this, if you do what you, if they're doing what they're told to do, they wouldn't get a fine. So that's what makes me question the integrity. Why aren't the refs fine? Are they not fine because they're doing what they've been told to do? So I don't, you know, I hate to even put that out there, but it's true, man. It's just too much stuff going on and too many coincidences. And um, this the biggest thing is, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go, dude, go. I'm trying to figure, no, this is how it's affected things. Uh, tonight, LeBron and AD are sitting out. And I've had people try to tell me that LeBron's sitting out so he could break the record at home and all that nonsense. I'm saying, in my mind, he's sitting out. Because I asked the gentleman. He said, well, they're sitting out. I said, is AD going to break the record as well? So why is AD sitting out? They're both sitting out. To me, they're protesting. Uh, I'm sure as the days go on, LeBron, you know, he's right now has to think of his words, how he can word things correctly. So he's quiet right now. But I honestly think they're protesting tonight because I don't think LeBron would sit out when they're trying to make the playoffs and they only got 30-something games left. So I think he's willing to sacrifice this one game to try to make a statement to the NBA. Well, if he does, it's going on moot ears because it doesn't matter. And he'd actually sat out a game this this uh, this uh, road trip already. But if he is, he is. But it's not going to do anything. You know, I mean, whatever. But, you know, then the referees have never been fined. The, the way they think about it is uh, they get evaluated every year. And to keep your job, you're supposed to have X amount of uh, percentage of correct call, whatever that formula is. And, and to keep your job, but we all know that once you get a job, you know the the, the brother-in-law uh, system comes in, and you know you can keep you know everything. And you know I, I have two friends that are in the G League now, ref and trying to get into the NBA. And there's a whole point system and all this stuff. But uh, uh, you know I, I don't I don't believe they're they're getting a word from uh, above in the league to do certain stuff. But I do believe that personal feelings get in the way a lot and uh, you know let's let's face it i don't know the ref in football baseball and umpire behind the plate but a, a basketball referee at, at the highest level in the nba is a very very difficult job but at the same time you have three guys out there um you should be able to get most of the calls right hey we are, we are in the, ricky we're in the gambling era and and perfect yeah. segue yeah, I don't, is I don't as think we I mean, go to if if you're after the Tim Donahue situation, who went to prison, by the way, 
And you're going to risk your two to $300,000 job to gamble as a ref. Uh, you're not, you're pretty stupid, I think. I mean, I don't think I, you know. There's a lot of stupid people out there. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't, you know. Let's uh, go to some of our comments. And we certainly welcome all our viewers out there. Thank you so much for uh, checking in. And uh, Matt Clare uh, saying, I think we need to find out LeBron's record when Joey Crawford officiated him. He seemed to favor LeBron. And he also said, get your challenge back. He agrees with you, Paul. They will be there forever. And so what you said, and I love this, Matt, they never should have gotten in bed with the sports betting outfits. Uh, you know, and all the sports leagues are doing it now. And they're doing it, fellas, because it is millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, no, it's, it's billions. Yeah, yeah. Billions, billions. of dollars at, at stake. And uh, our, our, our guy, Andreas Spigos, if they get another challenge back after winning that, that just adds to the half hour long game. They just need to be better and maybe even have one more ref on the floor. Four no, reps. no, no, <laughs> no. I would rather have one less ref. They did a better job with two to three. No <laughs> freaking way. That would be a disaster. And uh, the thing about the gambling, it, it's, no, it's no difference if the NBA's in the gambling or not. If the mafia's in their NBA, gambling is between the ref, if, it, if it's happening, between the ref and another entity. It's not with the NBA, it's with another entity. And I don't believe that's happening, but, you know, the NBA had, gets a half a percent of whatever that thing is, which is, you know, probably tens of millions a year. But I don't think that has, that has to do with the NBA being involved in gambling. It's... Everybody, you, you know, so the NBA wasn't involved. Did that stop Tim Donahue? No. <laughs> well, 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 you got a point there. Uh, any other thoughts on this uh, subject? No, my other thoughts on that all-star game. <laughs> well, that, wait, one more thought. Go ahead, Paul. LeBron, what the hell? What the hell? You acted like a 10-year-old kid that just lost a game at an AAU tournament. What the hell? Aren't you a pro? Aren't you the leader of the team? You, you got screwed. Yes. You did get a free throw. Yes. You still have overtime, right, to win the game. You had a chance to win the game. Instead, he's laying on the ground like he lost the championship. Come on, man. And that puts his head in the towel. You still have five minutes to win the game. Step up, take over, and then afterwards, you know, Tell you, you know, they tried to cheat us, but we won anyway. But that bothered me how he fell apart, their team fell apart. You know, kind of like what was the, the playoff game where JR uh, took a three or shot he shouldn't have and LeBron was yelling at the huddle. Come on, didn't you learn from that, LeBron? Come on, man. And, and, and how about, and then, uh, what about our other guy? <laughs> the camera. That was like the, move, the move of the year, Ricky. <laughs> the move. Hey, Ricky, I got to say this, though. Um, in the last week, it's not just been LeBron, our two faces of the league. You know, I can't leave the other guy out like many other people do it out there in, in uh, social media. Steph Curry, him in his mouthpiece, him in the pacifier. I guess since he can't uh, put a pacifier in his mouth, he's yeah. using the mouthpiece instead. 
So this is what the kids are learning today. These are the two faces of the league. You got LeBron out there. I didn't know if he's going to cry or break dance on his knees. And then you got Steph with the mouthpiece. And so these guys, uh, you got John Moran out there with his continued uh, attitude and the things that he's getting involved in and his dad and his friends. We got to do better, man. I think yeah. we forgot what it's about. These kids are watching these games and we're supposed to be teaching them the right way to do things, not the wrong way. And it seems like some of the guys have forgotten that. Yeah, I mean, I think Steph Curry's probably got kicked out of, I don't know how many games, but half three. of them are because he throws his mouthpiece. All three of them because his mouthpiece. <laughs> he doesn't even wear it. He chews on it. Chew gum. He doesn't even wear it. I mean, and uh, and really, uh, Derek, I think you brought, like the, all these, the situations with the confrontations with players and fans and family is out of hand. And I'm telling you, if it doesn't get addressed, something bad and something really bad is going to happen. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be a brawl. It's going to be because of families of players getting in arguments like uh, whatever happened the other day where the football player and all that stuff and all that. And you called me this and you disrespected me. They better get that under control. Wasn't it uh, last year when the Joker's brothers – you know, gotten to something with another player. The more, That's the more, that, yeah. That, why are why fans should stay in the stands and you know hold their own ground? But you know what, players, you got to plug your ears, man. You can't. They can say they pay money. They can say pretty much whatever they want, unless it's racist or um, threatening. Uh, but other than that, you don't get disrespect. Who cares? You're making a hundred million dollars. What well, I would just laugh at them. Okay, great. Thank you. The, the, the fans shouldn't even be voting for the starters, to be honest. I no. think they've gotten a little too empowered. These fans, yeah. you're, giving them, you're giving them too much. You can, I know we want them to be a part, yeah. but they pay to see the players. The players are the most important. The fans yeah. have gotten out of control, sitting up in the stands. Uh, I, some of the stuff you can ignore. A uh, guy talked about LeBron's hairline the other day. I can't understand why LeBron, but he was standing so far away. I'm like, man, that's go a, to the locker room. That's hilarious. And LeBron got offended. I'm like, come on, man. They had to hold him. Just go to the locker room. So these things, you know, we just got to be better on both sides. It's not just the fans. The players also have to do their part, and they have to be a little more thick-skinned. You can't react to everything. So just go out there and let's clean it up. Let's clean it up, fellas. Please, let's clean it up. Okay, yeah. let's get let's get to the uh, all star and and the system is uh the fan vote accounts for fifty percent and media and player votes uh account for uh twenty five percent each and I think most people believe the biggest snub uh happened to Joe M B who was left off the starting five in, in the Eastern Conference that features uh Gianna Santa Cool. Uh, Easy for you to say. Yeah. You got it. I hate the cool you got it. <laughs> uh, Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, and Kevin Durant. Durant, five great players. Uh, in the West, LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, and Nikola Jokic. Uh, but uh, MB was the guy I thought that. Uh, you know, got yeah, sure. He was uh he was fourth. Yeah, or the 33 and 10, Ricky and a second in the east. Yeah, yeah. 
But what yeah. about these other two, Ricky? And, and he said, uh, and B said it was disrespectful that he Fair. wasn't voted in. There's, there's that word again. But it, it, to me, it's disrespectful. That's why I say the fans shouldn't be voting. They're voting on their favorites. You heard, you heard, you're impacting guys' pockets. You're hurting guys' bonuses and all this kind of stuff. That's not funny to me. If fans sit up there, they laugh, they insult players and all that. But you're taking money out of some of these players' pockets. And that bothers me. Joel Embiid has averaged 33 points and 10 rebounds a game. They're second in the East. How can you really explain how he would not be in the starting lineup? If the coaches and the players were voting, I just only – or they had more say than the fans, give the fans 20%. That's fine. But I guarantee you, if the players and the coaches have more say, Joel Embiid would be in the starting lineup without question. Yeah, I mean, uh, most players now, you know, Joel Embiid's making, what, 30, 40 million, whatever a year, whatever he's making. Most of those guys, bonuses. I mean, I think the winning team, you make 100 grand and you make 50 for the losing, whatever. But those guys make so much money. but. I, I was just seeing that um, I think Joel B does have some kind of bonus in his contract. And last year when he got it, uh, he donated it to uh, the community service or something like that. So, um, but, you know, I think that they had the fans vote to get them involved, to keep the league relevant. That, that was so many years ago. That's, that's not applicable anymore. And uh, you know, it, it doesn't, and that's what they do. They, Fans are fans. They're going to vote for who they like, not about numbers or who deserves it. That's what they are. That's what they'll always be. So, you know, getting them back out of it. You know you know what? I, if the NBA wants to have the fans involved, here's what I – because nobody cares. The dunk contest is a joke now. Three-point shooting is okay. Why don't we give – like, I think the dunk contest, they should have four NBA guys, whatever, and then three spots for anyone in the world – uh, that's a real player that wins dunk contests can put in their video of their dunks. And how, how about we have the fans vote on who's going to make the dunk contest? Because there's some guys out there. You see some videos, guys over in Europe playing that are in dunk contests that do unbelievable things. Let's bring them into that and let the fans pick that, you know, not the starters. Hey, Ricky, what? let me bring – and what about uh, Steph Curry? Because, you know, Steph has uh, got a lot of fans out there. Uh, him and all his theatrics that people overlook. I'm, I have a problem with Steph Curry being in the starting lineup and Zion Williamson. Steph being in the lineup over John Morant and, just, and Zion being in there, he hasn't played but, what, 10, 15 games, and he's in there over Sabonis. And if I'm correct, that uh, the Kings are third in the West. So, yeah, something's got to be done. Uh, Sabonis is having an outstanding year, his first year with Sacramento. He comes from uh, Indiana, makes a huge impact, and then you get beat out by a guy that hasn't even played uh, uh, 20% of the season. That, that's totally unfair. That's for starters, right? They haven't yes. announced the subs well, yet. So played 33 games so far. 33. Have to, about, okay, he's played about 50-some, 54, 55% of the games. But Sabonis is playing 90% of the games, and they're winning. And it's helping his team win. Yes. So, so you got your Pistons hat on, right, Ricky? Yes, sir. When I was with the Detroit Pistons, uh, we had Isaiah and Kelly Chuchuka, I think. And uh, in the Silverdome, uh, before the game, 
uh, the Detroit Pistons handed out all-star ballots to all the people that came in and all their families and maybe 10 to one. And they already had them filled out with those guys. So it's been going <laughs> on for a long time. And people used to have, back in the day, people used to have parties to fill out all-star ballots. You used to have to do it by hand and mail them in. <laughs> Scratch this thing, this thing. This I, thing. I, I remember that, yeah. So, so, so it's always been kind of a popularity. For the starters, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why you get... That's why you get this confusion with, you know, guys that don't deserve it or being starters. But, you know, most of those guys would at least be back. At least they make the team, you know. Hey, hey Ricky, I explained this to a parent and this for the listeners. I had to go away from basketball. So I went to eight to five of eight to five job to explain this to someone. I said, you work on an eight to five job. OK, and you do everything that you're supposed to do. You, you're one of the top people at your office. And then the supervisor or the CEO decides to reward the family friend. Give them the, the promotion that you should have gotten, even though you're the one that's bringing <laughs> everything to the table. Yeah. yeah, no, it's the same with the NBA. You're the one doing all the work. And then here comes the guy that you all of a sudden now you're going to bring in Zion. So how do you think that makes Sabonis feel? How do you think all the other players? I'm sure there's a lot of players that aren't happy with it because they could be in the same situation. But I had to go to eight to five to make some people understand. It's not fair there, and it's not fair here. You can stay in, bas you can stay in basketball, D. Stay right in basketball. So you coach for 20 years. You have a resume better than anybody on the staff. And then when you apply for a job, they hire somebody, someone's brother-in-law, or someone that's working in the video room instead of you. Same difference. It happens all well, the I time. Fan, I went fans because they I think they forget. Cause remember, they always talk about us, Paul. See, I'm right. ready to I'm ready to get a petition or sign something so that we can get permission to start going and critique the fans on their jobs, like they do, <laughs> like they do us. I or bet they'll be a lot, they'll be a lot quieter than they are in those stands right now. Or we can Andreas has a point that I think fans take into consideration. Uh he he says they want uh, fans want to see Zion dunk. They don't want to see uh, Sabonis poke somebody up. Yeah, but Zion's not even going to play. He's going to be hurt. So no no words. <laughs> Andres, watch when the Pelicans play. <laughs> yeah, or on the dunk, or, or, the or dunk but he still won't be playing because he's not in the lineup. Or the dunk contest. <laughs> How are people going to be watching him if he's out? If he's out. If you're the fans and you want to see him dunk. Uh, protest and make him play in the dunk, make him participate in the dunk contest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, my buddy and my co-host uh, of the African American athlete, Michael Rama, said uh, Grant Hill led everybody in 95, and he wasn't even the best rookie. Uh, in yeah, now those were the mail-in. We had mail-in ballots. Come on, people. Yeah, Come on. Let's just have a start. party. We're going to have a party at my house. And we're going to write in Ricky's name for every time. <laughs> you can stop the, uh, the volleyball. Hey, guys, the time has flown by tonight. we got about 10 minutes, and we got the uh, trade deadline coming up uh, on the 9th. Um, just, uh, and we'll get into it some more, some more next week because uh, we, we'll need more time. But, I mean, who, who do you think is the best player out there that's likely to be traded? Uh, I'll throw some names out just 
just some names because you always hear uh, Westbrook, uh, Vukovic, John Collins, Clarkson, uh, Van Vliet, uh, Van Vliet. Gordon. Van Vliet. Why would they trade Van Vliet? Because he, he, he's valuable. I mean, it's not like Toronto's going anywhere. You got to get something for him while you can uh, right now. And he can help some teams in the playoffs. So a lot of teams are coveting him right now. So I see I, I him mean, being moved. Yeah, I, I do see Van Fleet. Uh, uh, Mouse Turner has been on a lot of lists. But, man, he just signed a two-year extension. Does that, does that make him more tradable? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So now you know what you, he's not going to be a free agent. You know what you get. Uh, you know it's high. You know what you get. Yeah. It does. You know he's not going to the Lakers. So <laughs> I don't, there's no telling what they're going to do with Indiana. If I'm, if I'm Miles Turner, if they really look at it, though, Miles Turner really helps that team because he can spread yeah. the floor. And yeah. you got still got Tyrese Halliburton is only going to get better. So for me, I don't break up that team. I keep him right there in Indiana. I can't see any reason I'm going to let him go somewhere else and be able to uh, possibly participate in the championship or something like that. I'm keeping him right at home, and we just try to build our team around him and Halliburton and a few other guys. And Derek, he's also a really good shot blocker. He's a really good no, – I'm telling you, he's a real protector. Those guys are invaluable, and he can shoot the three. You don't give him up. And I'm I'm already kind of biased. I loved him at University of Texas, which is rare for me to like somebody from the Longhorns. But I, I like Miles Turner. So I just I think he's a very good player. I think he's worth the 30 million, but I think he would do uh, much better stand there in Indianapolis. And here's my take on the draft. The uh, trade deadline is nine day, ten days away. In the West, you're gonna have a lot of teams looking to add somebody. Because the West is the wild, wild West. We look at the Lakers, who are 20, uh, 23 and 27 in 12th spot, but they're only three games out of uh, like six spot. So all those teams, uh, Denver, Memphis, who are up there, SAC, New Orleans, Dallas, Clippers, Suns, Minnesota, who've moved up to fifth spot, Jazz, Golden State, Lakers, even OKC, who has like 800 draft picks, are all going to look to make trades to add depending because two or three games can make a difference between being in the play-in and being a home court or being in, out of it and being in it. So they're going to wait and see. Uh, the next week will di dictate what Toronto, Chicago, Indiana are going to do because they're 9th, 10th, and 11th. So in the next week, but they're, they're out of it. The, the East is, is getting settled really quickly, you know, with the Boston, Philly, Bucks, Nets, Cavs, Miami moving up, and then the Knicks and Atlanta kind of floating around. But Indiana, Chicago, Toronto, uh, Indiana's been well, two and eight in the last 10 games, by the way. So they, in my opinion, they will look at if they make a little run here and move up to nine or eight, maybe keep everybody together and see what happens. But if they drop anymore, then they're going to reevaluate and say, maybe we make a trade, get something for the future, um, and and uh, give up on this season. So. I think the next week's going to have a lot to do with the trade deadline. And the West, Derek, is really interesting to me because when I look at the top three teams, Denver at 34 and 16, Memphis at 32 and 18, Sacramento at 27 and 21, 
they don't they aren't they aren't formidable to me. Uh, so when these uh, seventh and eighth seeds come in and six seeds play them in the playoff, they just they just aren't going to run it's over. A crap, them. It's a crapshoot, Ricky. I told yeah, you. Yeah, even yeah. though I picked, even though I picked Denver to win it all. It's up in the air. There's so many teams that could win it this year. And um, it's in, in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. It's the same. And, Ricky, I got to say something uh, quickly about the Nets because I'm hoping they go out and get uh, Serge Ibaka or uh, what's this kid from Minnesota Timberwolves? Last name, Reed. Um, yeah, he's this kid, uh, what, averages 10 points and five, min- and five rebounds, and he only plays like 17 minutes a game. So I'm hoping that they go out after this kid. He's with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I uh, hope somehow. Name. Yeah, last name is Reed. Nas Reed, 6'9", yeah. uh, third-year player from LST. Yes, sir. And I sure hope that young man ends up in with the Nets. Yeah. I mean, here's like the – here's the difference from the East and the West. So um, uh, Atlanta won two games in a row, and they went from the eighth spot to the eighth spot. Uh, Gold State won two win- wins in a row, won the last two games, went from the 10th spot to the 5th spot. That's how volatile the West is. You know, that's what two teams can do. But, you know, I, I you know, it's going to be dependent on if teams want to make a run for it, how they're doing, and, and what their future is going to be. But, uh, you know, we always think – I don't know if we did this last year or not. I can't even remember because I'm getting old. But, you know, all these names were floating around and trade possibilities and you know, most of them don't come true, so um, we'll see. Look at my hand, fifth seed, Ricky, Paul, fifth seed. You know what team going to end up in the fifth seed? Who? L.A. Lakers. I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> oh, Ricky, let me say this again. They're only three and a half games yeah. out, of four, yeah. out of four spots. They, they, after they, the All-Star game, after the All-Star game, all these teams going to make another big push, right? Because now we this is only going to be 30 games or less left. And, so and when you think it about it, the Lakers started like two and – either two and 10 or two and 12. Yeah, so, two and 10. But who did they just bring in, though? So they, they played much better, for sure. Who they bring – and then who they just bring in for me to get them to the playoffs for sure? Rue, Rui, Rue, Hachimura? Hachimura. You, you, like you like that trade? I, I, I'm telling you, fifth seed. That, yeah, you heard me clearly. I'm just saying, y'all remember when when the season comes is over. Okay. Lakers going up to the top, the fifth seed, no lower than sixth. <laughs> did, did AD crumble again? Is he out again? He crumbled. No, he's not. He's sitting out with LeBron. Uh, but he crumbled the other. He turned his ankle again. He but he's played since then, man. He was fine last. Yeah. He was. He looked fine when LeBron was pouting and all that, and when Patrick Beverly <laughs> got his dunk and all that. He's fine. And, and I'll give it like Westbrook is playing better. He's coming off the bench. Um, you know, like you said, anything. Well, 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 West, man. Austin Reeves hey, will be you know, returning. And you know what? I, I give credit to Westbrook because when I watch them play, he doesn't seem to be pouting. He's out there. He's playing, playing right? Ricky, I'm he's telling playing you. hard. Yeah. And Austin hard. Reeves will Austin Reeves will be back. Lonnie Walker is just getting back. They're going to make a playoff push. They're only three games out. <laughs> and they got LeBron James. All right. All right. Yeah, well, and it only, just think it only took Westbrook five years to figure it out. 
Paul, you being nice. It took him his whole career. I'm sorry, Ricky. Go ahead. <laughs> he was trouble double guy. Remember, that's the first was six, he was the best. He was six man in OKC. And now and 10 years later, he's back. <laughs> it's not a bad gig. I tell you, I was six man for the Bucks for a while. It's not a bad gig, man. It's not bad. <laughs> Well, guys, listen, hey, man, I want to thank our viewers out there, man. You guys always feeding us. You talk about assists, just feeding us uh, questions and comments. Is there any more we need to get to tonight, Ricky, before we go? Uh, 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 Max says, stop with the fakers, Derek. Please stop. Everyone ahead of them is making a move. I don't go by fake. Mac, Mac is like I talked about the fans and their favorites. I'm not worried about what Max thinks about his favorite. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about the facts that the Lakers are going to make the playoffs, whether you like them or not. Uh, Ricky, before we go off, um, I got to say this quickly. Um, today, my, my point guard, my little point guard, uh, ninth grader, today is his 15th birthday, so – I have, he's a wrestler as well. He won his, uh, he's a, he won his title. I've been telling him how to get better in his wrestling and how to make the adjustments and stay mentally strong. So he won his first tournament last week. And, uh, today is his birthday. Happy 15th birthday, Caleb. And I love you, my man. So Caleb ought to be good at boxing out under the basket. He is a tough little guy, Ricky. He is tough as nails. He's, well, he's, also, he's also a ju, he's also a jujitsu guy. Don't oh, mess with Caleb. Well, Don't mess with Caleb. Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> well hey, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you can check this show and all our shows out on believe.com. B-L-E-A-V.com. We'll be back next Monday. Derek German, Paul Mokeski, I'm Ricky Hampton. Peace, everybody. Have a great night, all you guys. I love you guys. Listeners, have a great night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.